the gal is getting rich. Today we're going to talk about what to do when you lose your job. This actually was a recommendation by one of our followers, so that being said, please be sure to keep your recommendations and your ideas for episodes and things you want to hear about coming. We love seeing them and we love taking them into account. If you've lost your job, it can be difficult and overwhelming, but there are steps you can take to get back on track and find new employment. First and foremost, take some time to process the situation and really allow yourself to feel any emotions that might come up. I think that losing a job can be a major life change and it's important to give yourself the space and time to adjust. Yeah, and I think this episode is also really good timing considering what's happening in the tech space recently with all the layoffs. You know, so many people are going through this right now and it's overwhelming. You're not born knowing what to do when you lose your job and you don't when you get a job, you don't already have your plan for what happens when you get laid off, if you were to, you know, you're not born knowing this. And so I think it's good to have kind of an idea of like what you would do should this happen one day. Totally. And once you've taken that time to cope with the initial shock, because I trust me, I can imagine at what it might, might feel like in the moment, it's time to start taking action. So here are some steps to help you get back on track. And so the first thing we said, accept that what has happened has happened. Take that time to grieve and reflect and really assess what is it that you want to do or where you want to be next. And again, you might not have that answer right away, but that's totally okay. There's no rush in really to alert close friends and family. You're definitely on your own timeline and it's up to you to kind of say how you want to do that. If it's posting on LinkedIn right away or reaching out to whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing here is Give yourself the space to grieve and accept that this is a normal thing in life, that you're not alone in this experience. Other people have gone through it. And also the second biggest thing, just understand what did you like and what didn't you like about your old job? Did you like working remote or do you want to go back in the office? Did you like working on a small team or do you like working on a big high level team overseeing many little teams, you know, have an idea of the nature and structure of your job. It doesn't have to be very fine details. Just understand just high level. What did you like? What did you not like? And use that as information when you go move forward. The next step you want to take after forgiving yourself and dealing with your emotions is to look at your severance package if you are offered one. For those who are not aware, a severance package is a package, for lack of a better word, that is offered to you by your employer to kind of help bridge the gap between employment and unemployment since this is unplanned. Not all employers are going to offer this. This is unique by each employer. I know I've seen like four people, they are offered like four weeks pay in the severance package, or they're offered one week pay for every year they worked at their previous employer, something like that, to just kind of help you get through the gap. So if you are offered one, the first thing you're going to do is thank HR for giving you all the details surrounding the severance package and tell them, I would like to review the details with my lawyer or any other official person who can help you navigate this. Whether or not you have a lawyer, just say you're going to review this with a lawyer so that they know you are taking this seriously and you are potentially going to come back with a negotiation. After that, whether or not you're going to talk to a lawyer, you should research their severance package and see how it compares to other ones and see if you need any wiggle room with it. I know some people are offered like three weeks of pay when they worked at a company for three years and 11 months. 
So since they're so close to the four-year mark, they may want to negotiate an extra week of pay to compensate for the extra 11 months they worked without getting compensation in terms of the severance package. Once you decide what you need, go negotiate with HR. There's lots of different resources on the internet about how to negotiate. We won't get into it here. If you talk to your lawyer, maybe they can help you with the negotiation, but go negotiate, tell HR what you need if you do want to negotiate, and then sign the package. Yes. And then I think the next thing you would want to do is figure out what is the earliest date you can actually file for unemployment. The reason you don't want to not be quick on this is there can be long delays and it's different from state to state of how the process works. So definitely want to make sure you take advantage of that because that is a government program that is out there. And I think a lot of people sometimes might even forget about it initially and it, it it might help at least to kind of cover some of those emergency expenses. Mm-hmm, totally. The next thing you want to do, every company is different again, is that you want to retain the old contacts you have from your previous employer on your old work email or in your old works ecosystem. The reason we're saying to do this early is because some employers, when they hang up the phone, they will cut off your access to their systems by 5 p.m. So I know the first thing I would do is just go retain any emails of people that I still want to be able to contact once I'm away from the company. And also just take the time to, if you're not already connected with them on LinkedIn, go add your old coworkers on LinkedIn. Get it out of the way. And then the next thing you want to do is make sure that you have all of the work equipment that you are required to send back ready. They typically will give you a box to ship them, but sometimes they don't request everything. Mainly it's just a laptop, but I've seen them request other things like your extra monitor or you're extra this. And I know even for a family member who changed jobs, they only had to give back their laptop and then had like a million extra monitors because they ended up getting a new monitor from their new job. So just keeping those things in mind that some things might need to be returned. Maybe some things you can get away with keeping. It really just depends company to company. But sometimes I feel like I wouldn't ask. I would just wait till I'm told for some of these things because then you can maybe get away with keeping stuff which is ideal. Then after that, the most important thing I would say is health insurance. So there's a couple of options you can do for health insurance. Basically, there's this thing called COBRA. COBRA stands for Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act, if you're qualified. And essentially, it's temporary insurance from your old employer. And then the premium must be covered fully by you. So how this works when I was actually on it because a family member was on this because they were changing jobs and their health insurance wasn't starting right away but then they were able to get COBRA. And so COBRA, what it is, is they will pay for your old health insurance, like half of it or something like that. And then you still have health insurance. It might cost you a little bit more because you don't have that job benefit, but you're getting reimbursed or or something like that through some employers. And not all employers would reimburse it, but it's a government funded option that basically says, hey, you can't be without health insurance. So it really covers you in a lot of ways. It's worth Looking into figuring out how to apply, I know that there was a portal, you fill out an application, once you get approved, same way. I would say it works similar to unemployment, but they kind of partner and you would get to stay on your normal plan, I shouldn't say normal, your previous plan before your new plan activates, before your new job. Then after that, you could do uh, your spouse's health insurance or your parents if you're under the age of 26. So that's one thing to so that's one thing to consider. Uh, if you, two people have the access to health insurance, then maybe it's worth switching. This is like either or, right? Yeah, you can't either or. Stack up on these. No, no, you can't stack up. That's a good call out. You gotta do Cobra, 
or you could after COBRA you could potentially if you can't do COBRA don't want to do COBRA and let's say your spouse has health insurance you could potentially join theirs or if you're under 26 you could try to get on your parents health insurance again I think a job change counts as a life event and so using that as your justification you can kind of change your health insurance options but again something has to happen right like you have to turn 26 or your job has to change like something that qualifies as a life event has to be in effect if you don't want to do cobra and if you don't have a spouse with health insurance or if you are not under 26 to go on your parents then your next option could be to look for a federally administered health insurance plan through healthcare.gov or formerly known as obamacare Losing your job is a life event qualification, so you can go and look there. You don't have to wait for open enrollment. You will have to pay some money. This isn't just free healthcare. I think there it's um, on a graded basis based upon your income. So that is one option. However, if COBRA and healthcare.gov are still out of your budget, then I would look into Medicaid. It is also a government program for people under a certain income threshold. Regardless of age, you can be on Medicaid. I think after a certain age, you graduate from Medicaid to Medicare. That's more for the elderly past retirement. But Medicaid is good if you are really on a pinch for money and you just need some health insurance to bridge you from one job to the next. And you must be under a certain income threshold. Then after, you know, figuring out what your health insurance is, the next thing to do is retain access to your 401k, ESPP, or RSU account and your HSA portal. So what this will be, you've probably seen it when you log in on your account, but it'll say current employee or previous employee. And you can go in and you want to make sure that you have the right credentials because ultimately, even though you're leaving the company, this money is still yours and it is money that you will have access to. And so it's really important to know how to get into those accounts. Otherwise, it's like, oh, having a bank account and not knowing how to get in it. You want to ensure that your employer will retain your access to these accounts. No further action is needed besides verifying you can still log in after your last day. But that's just something huge because that'll also be important if your ESPP or your 401k or even your HSA, if those are funds that you're needing to access post-employment, huge. Yeah, that is something I always worry about is like I've heard some horror stories of people leaving their old employer whether it's voluntary or on an involuntary basis and they didn't realize that their credentials to log in to the 401k portal would change once they lost their job so just make sure like go call an HR rep and make sure like there's no other steps you need to take to retain it yeah so the next step after that is to analyze your financial situation this is a complex step, so we're going to break it down into some sub-steps. The first step within this is to look at your income sources. There are many different income sources you could have. If you have like a side hustle, that could be an income source. Do you have an emergency fund? I think it's totally qualifiable and understandable to want to pull money out of your emergency fund should you lose your job. That's why you have your emergency fund in the first place. Three, you could look at unemployment checks as a form of income if you already know what it will be. And four, this is a last resort, but also look at your lines of credit to see how much flexibility you have if you really need to take on debt. I would try to avoid this. I wouldn't really see it as an income source, but no, that is kind of a last resort if you don't have any others. But going back to emergency funds, look at your emergency fund and try to determine how many months worth of funds do you have? How many months can you live on what is already in your emergency fund 
before you have to resort to another form of employment. If you don't have an emergency fund, are there any other accounts you could potentially pull from, such as were you saving up for a really cool vacation next year or were you saving up for a new car, saving up for a new couch? Are there any other funds you have where you can easily liquidate the money and pull it out? I would try to avoid liquidating your investments and avoid liquidating like your 401k or other retirement accounts. Those are really, really just super last resort, but just take into account, just see what you have, get a lay of the land. Then the next thing to evaluate is, do you have any debt right now? Student loans are one example. Look into forbearance or deferment. Additionally, explore if there are any income-driven repayment plans that you could move to for the time being. So definitely reaching out and exploring your options there. The second thing I would say is credit card debt or any consumer debt you have. I would call your credit card company and tell them you lost your job. They may give you some sort of grace period. And if no dice, then contact a credit counselor who can negotiate a reasonable repayment plan with your lenders. Then the last thing I would say is your mortgage, if you have one. Many banks allow borrowers to postpone payments for a period of time or provide them with other types of relief. If your mortgage is federally backed, you may be eligible for forbearance under the CARES Act that will allow you to postpone your payments for up to a year. The next sub-step under looking at your financial situation is to look at your spending situation. How much are you spending each month? How many months can you live off your current savings, including all income streams, before you have to go into debt? Can you cancel any subscriptions for the time being? Can you cut back on eating out, going to concerts, traveling, and any other non-essential spending until you get your new job? I would try to cut back to only the essential spending. And I'd also take this time to just allow yourself to not feel the pressure to save, especially if you are kind of like teetering on the edge of having to go into debt, try to see if there's anywhere you can cut back. Maybe you don't get a haircut for the next three months. I don't know. So now that we've covered the financial aspect, I think it's time to look for a new job. A huge resource that I know a lot of people have been successful using is LinkedIn. And I think one thing that's very optional to you is if you want to post on LinkedIn and say, hey, I was a part of XYZ layoff. If you have any opportunities, feel free to let me know. Like, Sometimes that can be a very stressful thing to even post. So again, it's up to you if you feel comfortable. I have seen people get jobs through that type of post, but I would update your profile to be open for work because then recruiters will know that you're open to work and you'll get a lot more recruiters in your DMs and it could potentially lead to a good opportunity. With setting it to open to work, I would also say set your profile to public and update your profile with any job experience or anything just to keep it up to date, just like you would update your resume. I think your network is huge. Um, Reach out to your professional network, people you know, let them know you're looking for a new job. They may be able to connect you with job opportunities or even provide valuable advice. So like I said, just like you would update your LinkedIn profile, consider updating your resume. When you update your resume and cover letter, take time to reflect your most recent experience and skills. This will also be a good reflection opportunity to be like, wow, like I actually did do a lot because sometimes in the moment we're so in the moment, we don't think we've done a lot or we, we've like added anything. But then when you sit down and you reflect, you're like, wait, I've grown. I've done a lot. I can do this. It's, it's really hard to see that sometimes, but I think we all have to kind of do that. Even if, you know, we are employed, just looking back, taking the minute, especially with the holidays around being like, okay, I have done a lot and I have contributed and I've created this impact here. Then the next thing I would say is research new companies. So take what you learned from your last employer and use that to decide what kind of job you're looking for and where you would like to work. I think this goes back to what we mentioned at the beginning of the episode 
in terms of what are your pros and cons? What did you like? Are you looking for a remote job? Do you want something more hybrid? Know what your non-negotiables are and know where you can be flexible, especially in times of a recession. You may have to make a sacrifice by prioritizing one criteria the most, for example, industry versus increase in pay. And ideally, you want everything, but I think the job market, while it seems strong, it's a bit wonky right now and hopefully it gets better. But you can also use a bunch of different job search websites. So there's many websites that can help you find job openings in your field. Use these other resources outside of LinkedIn to search for open positions and apply for jobs that match your skills and experience. This is also a time where you could pivot in your career if you wanted to. And honestly, you got this. And I know Maeve, you, you got really great advice from your mom on this. Yeah. So when I told my mom about this episode that we were going to record, this is the two cents she gave me of what she would tell someone if they lost their job. Her thing was, you will be okay. Be gentle on yourself and know that you got a job once before, you can get a job again. Your value has not been diminished just because you lost your job. No one can take away your experiences and the culmination of the knowledge you've gained along the way. That is yours forever and you own that. And you can take that with you wherever you go. You are still the same person you were before you lost your job. You're worthy of a fantastic new job. And just be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. I really, I thought that was kind of good advice to just know like your value has not been diminished. Like no one can tell you you're not worthy of a job. Your employer can cut you off, but you are still just as worthy as you were the day before. I think this is also just a really great time to if you were ever thinking about pivoting in your career, this is a great time to act upon it. I know I follow a lot of accounts on Instagram and some people talk about when they lost their job or they will announce like, I just lost my job on the platform. And I would say that a couple months out after they've said that they have lost their job, the majority of them have said that it was a great opportunity in the end for them to pivot or be brave and just take a little bit of a sabbatical from work. And they were all okay. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and and I'm not trying to spin this into like an opportunity when it really is annoying to lose your job. But just know that from anecdotal experience, people have been okay, and they have gotten jobs that they liked more in the end than the job they previously held. So wait, but I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were to lose your job right now, do you think you would pivot to a new field, or would you stay where you are at? I think I would consider something different. Yeah, I think I would too. Even if it's just slightly different, I think it would be kind of almost like liberating to feel like, okay, let me just think about things a little bit outside the box, you know? Totally. And if you were to lose your job right now, what do you think the first thing you would do is? Mm, the first thing I would do is probably call you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the second thing I would probably do is start revisiting my budget. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking when we're going through this, like, okay, if I were to lose my job right now, I would 100% call you. But then I would get in a bubble bath. I don't know why. That would be like (laughs) my stressful, like, how am I going to deal with this emotionally? But I was just thinking about how I would emotionally deal with it. No, I agree. I think I... I can only imagine what it must feel like. I'm sure, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen my parents go through it a couple of times and it's definitely not easy, but every time I've seen them get back up on their feet and, you know, I think I would just want to be as strong as them at some point. Yeah. I know you had another point, Butza, about another potential solution. Did you want to talk about that? 
Oh, I would even consider temporary or contract work. I, I always think about that even now. Like, if I had time, I would love to get into photography or be a Fiverr person. And, like, you know how people can make stickers and their drawings of you, be like, put their iPad drawings? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. See, I like doing that. I just don't have time. And I even have an iPad, and it's, like, things you can do with an iPad. But I would even consider temporary contract work. So it kind of goes into our last episode where we're talking about side hustles, right? If there's something that you really like, maybe that's the time to go into it and be like, yeah, I'm going to full send this and this is going to be my new full time. So if you're having trouble finding a permanent job, I think temporary or contract work can be a good way to get your foot back in the door and gain valuable experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and temp agencies are really awesome. I know a couple of people who have gone to a temp agency, got in like a temporary placement, and then that temporary placement turned out to be a full-time job. So even if you do that, like if your budget doesn't allow, I think that's an awesome point, Butsa. Totally. And I think remember that losing a job is not the end of the world. While it can be an extremely difficult experience, and it's definitely a huge life experience, I think with a positive attitude and a plan of action, you can bounce back and find new employment. Yeah. I mean, there's people like me and Maeve, but we've we're there for our friends. You have your besties. You have your support system. Just don't be afraid to lean on them because at the end of the day, more than money, it's these relationships and these people that I think bring value and kind of help you get to where you want to be. Yeah, 100%. So I think that kind of wraps up all of our thoughts. If anyone listening has ideas that we didn't touch on, we would love to hear them. You can DM us at Gals Getting Rich on Instagram, or if you comment on any of our posts, we will respond there as well. But with that, I think we can get into our money moves of the week. Vata, do you want to go first? Yeah, so mine is pretty small, but I, I've told Maeve this. I really am trying to consolidate my closet. And so I think I mentioned it on previous episodes, but I cashed out some money from ThreadUp. Unfortunately, I actually looked it up today. They're not accepting closet cleanout bags at the moment, and neither is Buffalo Exchange. But as I kind of go through and try to wear everything in my closet and see what I like versus what I don't like and which is really hard for me because I'm quite literally a hoarder like something can be okay and I'll be like yeah I'll go keep it but then it's so funny because then I asked my boyfriend I'm like do you like this shirt and he'll most of the time he's like yeah but then yesterday he was like no I think this shirt's weird and I was like wait but it's like like kind of like cool in the back and he's like that's exactly what I think is weird and not that I'm judging it based off of his thing but as the night went on I was like "Ooh, this is kind of itchy And I was like, that's probably why I don't wear it that often. So I put it in the potential to sell slash donate bag, which is good because sometimes you just need something to be like, yeah, I like it doesn't look good. Not I'm not saying let your boyfriend dictate what you wear. I'm not saying that because it's I'm I'm not saying mine does that. I'm saying like just sometimes like I'm so indecisive. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do I wear? (laughs) Um, But anyways, I cashed out cash from thread up so a very small number but still good it's like grocery money and I'm excited like gotta it's like a it's like a nice side hustle but not really a side hustle more of just like okay cool like this was just sitting in my closet anyways now I have a couple of extra bucks to spend on some hot chocolate or something yeah that's awesome and I like what you said about like you like the shirt but then you realize it's like itchy and that's probably why you don't wear it because um my boyfriend and I we were just talking about how we don't like having things in our closet. We only just kind of like, we like to have like home runs in our closet where we like wearing it and we wear it daily or not daily, that we wear on a regular basis. Because like when you like something, but it's not quite perfect, you just end up not wearing it. No, exactly. Like I literally think I've had this shirt since 
early high school, maybe even middle school, and I don't really wear it that often. I think I've definitely gotten use out of it, but it's like it's a very okay shirt. So I think it was yeah. like Forever Twenty One way back in the day. Time to time to let it go. But I have yeah really like I'm literally a hoarder. It's really bad. Getting rid of clothes is so hard for me, and especially for us. I always think about how our wardrobe has to be so multifaceted because no, literally, because you get rid of something and then you're like, oh wait, I need that. <laughs> like two yeah. months later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. During the pandemic, I actually donated a lot of my work clothes because I'm like, oh, I'm not going back in the office. And then we go back to the office and I was like, oh, I'll wear this shirt today. And then I don't have any more. And I'm like, oh, this is so hard. I don't know. I'm like so conservative now in my closet. No, I totally feel that. Yeah. So my money move is actually, it's not that crazy, but some of yours. I had some clothes that I bought that I got this shirt that was just too big on me. But I liked it and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like keep it. But I kept telling myself like, no, if it's not quite perfect, I'm not going to wear it. I like the look of it, but because it doesn't fit me well, I probably won't wear it. So I made myself go and return it, which felt good. That is like a hurdle for me. I hate returning stuff. And it felt good. I felt accomplished. I was told myself I have to do this today. And I got back my hard-earned money. Hey, we love that. Well, I think that's our money moves. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. Again, go follow us on Instagram if you're not already, at galsgettingrich. DM us there if you want to contact us. We also have an email address, galsgettingrich at gmail.com. Email us there if you're interested. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. See you next week.